Flourish with Neural Retraining Podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner specializing in anxiety and chronic health conditions. Join me for episode 55, where I will discuss how we use the MAP method of advanced neural retraining to resolve long-standing patterns of anxiety. Hear about Alex and how generalized anxiety can be associated with gut issues. Listen to Carter's experience of acute anxiety and how early life trauma can predispose us to panic attacks. We'll also talk about Andy and how complex factors can promote anxiety, including perfectionism, empath tendencies, and anxiety about anxiety. For those that are new to the podcast, let me explain that the MAP method is a holistic mind-body practice that works directly with the subconscious mind. Sessions are done at a distance over Zoom video conference or as part of an online self-paced program. In a session, the client is in a relaxed meditative state focusing on a particular memory while the practitioner offers instructions to the subconscious mind. The MAP method is complementary to other types of therapy. The method is easy, gentle, and powerful, and the brain rewires itself during the session. No practice necessary. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease or mental health issues. Instead, we work with the person and the personality to optimize health. Now, let's talk about how we address anxiety through neural retraining. So I want to talk about anxiety, which is something that I see frequently in my practice. That may be surprising for people that are familiar with my work because I specialize in chronic health issues. But I do see that anxiety is often associated with chronic health issues and symptoms. With the MAP method of advanced neural retraining, we can address many types of anxiety. Social anxiety, performance anxiety, compulsive thoughts and behaviors, generalized anxiety, and even what I call health anxiety. In the last episode, we heard Leah talk about how the MAP method helped her with compulsive thought patterns and anxiety. In this episode, I want to share some stories from my clients to illustrate some of the ways that we can work with anxiety and other negative mood states using MAP method sessions. So let's start out talking about Alex. As usual, All the names and certain details have been changed to protect people's identities. Alex was referred to me by a family member. He wanted to work on anxiety and stress. 
So Alex and I did four sessions together. I'm going to give you an idea about the flow of these sessions, just so you have a sense of how we work with a topic like anxiety um, through a set of MAP sessions. So in the first session, we, ch- we always choose a painful emotional memory to work with, and that's just perfect for um, a topic like anxiety. What Alex came up with was a trauma memory around his mother's cancer diagnosis and treatment when he was young. This memory had really strong feelings of fear and anxiety and confusion and also loneliness. He described feeling frozen in the feelings, and indeed the intensity around these was still very high. As we worked with that memory through a a round or two of instructions, his subconscious mind started to show us the associations. And one of those associations was to another family member's diagnosis. After this first session, he reported feeling more calm and less triggered. Now, in the second session... He wanted to work on a feeling that he observed in himself about not having enough time to do everything and the stress and pressure around that. So to work on a topic like that, we always identify a specific memory, a specific example of having felt that way. And he found memories around a stressful period in his life. When he was in grad school, he was in finals period, he had relatives that were sick, his mother had a relapse of the cancer, and he had a really strong feeling of pressure, burden, and stress around those memories, and a thought of, you know, I can't, I can't do it all. His stomach was also churning as he thought about these memories. And so we worked with that memory, and it brought up another memory, actually a few memories, as we worked on that first memory. So this is very typical of the flow of a session. You know, we work with one memory, one specific example, and then the subconscious mind, again, is starting to show us the connections. And so he had memories of other stressful times when he felt all on his own and the pressure of having to get a lot of things done without support. He thought of his school years um, and struggling with things alone, not feeling supported at home and feeling like he had to shove down the issues and the emotions he had. And after this session, When I saw him again, he reported that his stomach was feeling better. He felt happier and more hopeful. He said, I'm less stressed, and when there is stress, I can recover more quickly. It's not as controlling anymore. In the third session, we worked on a situation where he felt lonely and stuck and frustrated and unsupported. Again, when we started with that memory, it brought up other memories, right? Other experiences he had in the past that are connected. Memories of being pushed out of a friend group. Memories of being harshly criticized by friends for making mistakes. 
Memories of feeling inadequate or feeling judged. And as we worked through each of those memories, it brought up a belief, right? There was kind of a, a common belief. And it was something like, if I let people down, I won't be loved or accepted. And so in the MAP method, we not only work with memories, we also work with beliefs and negative thoughts. So this was an unconsciously held belief. By resolving the painful emotions and recasting the memories and then reinforcing positive beliefs, we could reduce the perceived risk around letting people down, not only in the conscious mind, but in the unconscious mind. And afterwards, he reported that the anxiety and stress was so much better. In the fourth session, we worked on a feeling of frustration and anger, a feeling of being unheard or misunderstood. He found a specific memory that related to these emotions. He found that he had a repetitive negative thought or belief about this. You know, I don't matter. Um, I'm not seen. I'm ignored. And then he saw, again, insights often come up as we're working on a subject in a map session. He saw that he used anger when he was afraid of losing something, like someone's attention. He turned to anger as a way to feel empowered instead of weak. He recognized what he had learned from his family's culture about anger. And then we talked about how he ideally wanted to relate to anger. How did he want to feel about whether he mattered? How did he want to respond in the face of fear or of loss? And these positive intentions for how he wanted to respond were reinforced. We reinforced these for him in the session. So we can use the MAP method as well to replace the old behaviors or patterns with an intention for a more supportive, positive behavior. So after the fourth session, he actually tapes a, a little um, voice memo for me because he wanted to share the positive benefits that he, he received from these sessions, these four sessions. And, you know, we'll listen to that in just a minute. But I want, to, I want you to notice a few things about this case study. Alex wanted to work on an emotional issue anxiety. He didn't mention the related physical symptoms, yet as you will hear, as we worked on the anxiety, he had physical symptoms that, he, that resolved as well. I want you to understand from this, right, that emotions are a mind-body phenomenon. Very often, emotions that we feel are correlated to physical symptoms that we feel as well. And for some people, who don't feel their emotions that strongly, their emotions can be kind of sublimated as physical sensations instead. And so we can work, we work at both levels when we're working with a MAP method. 
The second thing I want you to notice is that even though the topic was anxiety, we worked with many ancillary emotions. You've heard me say that we, we worked with a feeling of loneliness, um, frustration, abandonment, anger, pressure, and other things. And so anxiety is often connected to other emotions, and we work with them as a, as a group in MAP sessions. I want you to also notice that the anxiety patterns for him were connected to a lot of different experiences, not only big T traumas, but also little t traumas. And this is very common as well. In a MAP method session, we follow the subconscious mind and the memories or the associations that it brings up, whether they're you know big T traumas or little t traumas. Also, I want you to understand that when the memory and the emotions around it feel frozen, or when we recognize that we've shoved something down and repressed it, that is an indication of a trauma or a painful experience that has not been fully processed. It is those kinds of experiences that are still running in the subconscious mind, even though this event may have happened decades ago. And these retained traumas or memories can amplify current stressful situations. So when we take down the emotional intensity about those remembered events, we also reduce the intensity that you feel around current situations. So the other thing I want you to understand is that you know, with the MAP method, we're not, we're not blocking your ability to feel the emotion. Alex will still feel anxiety appropriately, right? Anxiety and fear are important emotions. All emotions are important. They are information. What we are doing with the MAP method is we're reducing the amplification of those emotions. And the other thing I want you to understand is that not everyone freezes memories or represses them, right? A d- another person who would experience the very same things as Alex may not have developed generalized anxiety. Trauma early in life tends to lead to a freeze response. So we tend to go to freeze when fight or flight are not options, right? So that's that's stress response is known as fight, flight, or freeze. When we are small, when we are powerless, as we are when we are infants or toddlers or small children or children, trauma experiences or painful emotional experiences tend to evoke a freeze response. And if reinforced, then this can become our primary response to stressful situations. I also want you to notice all the negative thoughts and beliefs that came up during our sessions. These include inner conflicts, right? Like I can't do it all and yet I must do it all. Or I can't let people down or I can't make mistakes or I'll be abandoned. With the MAP method, we can change these habitual thoughts and replace negative beliefs and thoughts with positive ones. All right, so 
Now I want you to hear what Alex had to say about the impact of these four sessions. I decided to seek help for my anxiety after a couple of different things happened. Um, it was impacting my physical health. I was so stressed that I always had a stomach ache and was always constipated. Um, but it was also impacting my emotional health. I was always tired. I was not relating to my family well. I was not connecting with my friends well either. And all of these factors led me to a place where I realized that I needed to seek some help. I was referred to Madeline and to the MAP method. And I am so glad that I took the opportunity to interact with her and um, experience the healing that this method has brought. Um, Madeline did a great job. She was very calm and supportive and not judgmental. She focused in on my issues and really sought to find a way to help me heal. Um, and it has done a wonderful, a wonderful job of healing. I went through about four sessions directly focused on my anxiety. Um, and now I feel much better. I am no longer having physical issues. I am a lot happier and calmer throughout the day. My wife constantly comments on how happy I am and how little stress she sees in my face and hears in my voice. Um, it even got to the point where I had random strangers commenting on how calm I was. I think there was a person at the bank one time and then another person at the grocery store maybe, just random people looking at me and saying, wow, did you know that you are one of the calmest people I've seen all day? Just very impressed. Um, and that never used to happen before. I was never a person that was able to put a good face on my anxiety. It was always out in the open. So the fact that people were starting to recognize that tells me that um, there was a lot of healing done. Um, so I'm grateful for the healing and I'm grateful for all of the, all of the ways the MAP method has changed and healed my anxiety to put me in a better spot um, for my own sake and for the sake of my family and those around me. And I want to thank him for that very nice testimonial. Now let's talk about another client story, Carter. Carter came to see me after the rapid onset of acute anxiety after a trip about six months earlier. This was accompanied by panic attacks and pho a phobia. He told me at our first session that 90% of his day revolved around anxious racing thoughts. He also mentioned sleep problems and physical symptoms like rashes and a tingling in his hands that had been going on for months. In fact, he had a medical workup because he thought he might have uh, the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. But the diagnosis came back negative, and the doctor told him it was all just anxiety. 
very perceptive of that physician. So I only saw Carter twice. He had already been initiated to the MAP method in a workshop. And um, the other thing I want to mention is that Carter had tried other methods for handling his anxiety, including herbs and CBD. When we started working together, he mentioned that he didn't have a history of anxiety. So this was not a long-standing problem. He could pinpoint exactly when the anxiety had started. There was an experience at the beginning of the COVID pandemic of being in an airport. And he felt like this heightened sense that everyone around him was a potential threat. You know, this was back at the beginning of the pandemic. We were all very scared. No one really knew how it was being transmitted. Everything was, was very unknown at that point. The other thing that Carter talked about was an early trauma in his life. His father had died when he was very young, just a small child. So we started out with his memories of that, that trip and that experience of being in the airport. We worked on feelings of anxiety and fear and anxiety about being anxious. As we worked on that one memory, it brought up other memories of relationships that featured loss, um, jealousy, or abandonment. And he had the thought, I never want to feel that way again. And so we identified, you know, kind of some other related memories that needed to be worked on. After that session, he reported feeling better. His physical symptoms had improved. He was sleeping better. And he observed that his anxious thought patterns were slowing. We did a second session. And he wanted to work on this kind of self-scanning behavior he had observed in himself. He wanted to work on the repetitive negative thoughts and that feeling of hypervigilance a feeling of being powerless and vulnerable to anxiety. He had these thoughts of like, will I ever get better? And is anxiety going to ruin my life? We found a specific memory to work with. And again, other, you know, subconscious mind started to show us other issues that were related we realize that there is a big fear around contracting COVID himself and possibly passing it on to his mother. And that brought up other fears and memories related to losing his mom. Remember, you know, he had lost his father at a very young age. And so this was a deep-seated fear, very strong fear that he could possibly lose his other birth parent. Even in that session, he reported that his body sensations were calming down. And afterwards, he told me, I've been feeling better almost every day. 
my confidence is coming back and my thoughts are starting to slow down and get more positive. I've been feeling generally more happy and my thoughts are starting to lose their repetitiveness. My mental focus is starting to come back as well. Physically, my sleep is much better and falling asleep is easier and I'm waking up closer to a more natural time for me. And also, the tingling in my fingers is gone. And occasionally, my fingers no longer tremble as well. So Carter, Carter was feeling much, much better. After two sessions with me, and one other mini-session as part of a workshop... So again, I want you to notice that anxiety causes physical symptoms and can impact our sleep. I also want to say that Carter's improvements, you know, he improved by leaps and bounds, but everyone's pace is different. Alex's pace was Alex's pace. Carter's pace was Carter's pace. Partly, I think it had to do with the fact that Carter's anxiety was kicked off by a very specific event. And so a lot could be accomplished by working with that one event, though there were definitely connections. Whereas Alex's anxiety was more generalized and had been formed over a longer period of time and many more, a multitude of experiences. The other thing I want you to to note is that there are unconscious fears behind anxiety. This was very clear with Carter. The fear of loss, the fear of being left, the fear of succumbing to anxiety, the fear of losing his mother. These were all drivers behind his experience of anxiety. And then finally, in Carter's case, we see very clearly that an early life trauma underlies the overwhelming emotional response that we can feel around another event later in life. In this case, the anticipation of losing his mother. Finally, I want you to notice that trauma experiences can create behaviors, such as hypervigilance, that kind of scanning of the environment for threats, the racing mind, the repetitive negative thoughts that Carter described. MAP is helpful at all of these levels, the emotional, the mental, behavioral patterns, and also the physical symptoms, even though we're only working with the mind. And that is because we are mind-body beings. The mind is not separate from the body, and we are fully integrated. And so, even though in MAP sessions we are only working with the mind, there are effects at these other levels as well. So now I want to talk about Andy, another client of mine. Andy was referred to me by his functional medicine practitioner, He wanted to resolve anxiety and fears around not being good enough, being a burden 
and losing loved ones. Andy had tried counseling and cognitive behavioral therapy in the past. He and I worked together over five sessions. And over that time, we worked on an interrelated set of issues, including feeling inadequate, fear of expressing himself, resistance to his own emotions, empath tendencies, which is a very interesting factor we'll talk about in a little bit, negative self-talk patterns, and a belief, a very strong belief, that only perfection is acceptable. So I'll give you a brief rundown of what we worked with in these sessions. We started out with a painful memory, as we always do. This one was around the loss of a love relationship. The context of that time period was that, you know, there were other health problems going on. He had several scary health issues and a surgery. And this particular breakup brought up feelings of fear, betrayal, unease, and even kind of guilt or feeling of responsibility. This memory was pretty emotionally intense for him still, and he'd spent a lot of time beating himself up over what he had done wrong. During the session, his perception of the moment of betrayal changed. And as I mentioned before, this insights and also shifts in perception are things that can happen in a MAP session. He realized that it was her personal choice to leave, that everything happens for a reason, and that it wasn't on him. This was a big shift in perspective for him, right? Because up until that point, there had been a lot of self-blame. After this session, when he came to see me again, he reported that he noticed his anxiety improved for a while but then came back. It was alleviated, but then that old pattern, that old habit reestablished itself. And this is normal, right? Patterns do break down gradually. And when we notice that a pattern breaks down for a period of time, but then reasserts itself, this is an indication that there are more roots to the pattern, which is not surprising given that we'd only worked with his anxiety for one one hour session to this point. In the second session, we worked on fears around how his feelings were perceived. And he recognized that he felt stuck and frozen and maybe even broken or powerless. He had very strong resistance to his own feelings and thoughts of like, this isn't supposed to be happening. He saw expressing feelings like anxiety or fear as a threat. And this seemed to be correlated with, again, a freezing state that made him feel dissociated and then shut down or disconnected. The other thing that came up in this session was his emotional sensitivity. He described taking on the emotions of others. And I recognized that he might be an empath. An empath is someone who not only 
observes and identifies, you know, identifies with the emotions of other people. An empath is someone who actually takes on that emotional state themselves so that other people's sadness becomes their own sadness. A sentiment empath assessment, which he took, and it showed that he was moderately empathic. This is important, however, because when we feel other people's pain as our own, that increases our fear of hurting them because we feel their pain as our own as well. And that increases the perceived risk, right? In this case, his perceived risk of expressing himself. And so that creates an internal conflict, which for him was something like expressing yourself is dangerous. This was an unconsciously held conflict. And so after we worked with these various topics, he noticed a major difference. And he told me later, I noticed it right after the session. I was much more peaceful and calm. And only once in the intervening weeks has my anxiety taken hold of me again. So the anxiety pattern was being broken down further, even after the second session. In the third session, we worked with the topic of perfection. And his perception that it was either you either achieve perfection or else you were a failure. And so we, we worked with this topic as well as a lot of negative self-talk he had around small mistakes and being really severe with himself around little everyday kinds of mistakes. We also uncovered a feeling of being anxious about feelings of anxiety and wanting to run away and hide and deal with it on his own, leading to a freeze response. This is a sign of major resistance to our own emotions. So again, we worked with memories that related to these topics, memories and associations of being criticized, a lot of memories around being raised by a perfectionistic parent. And as the emotional intensity came down around these various related issues, he felt less anxiety still. We worked a couple more times on some other related topics, and I'll only mention them briefly. Session four, we worked with memories of multiple concussions. Now, the reason that we did, we spent time on that was because he recognized that his anxiety had really spiked after one of those concussion incidents. I have seen that patterns of limbic hypersensitivity can exacerbate anxiety and other negative mood states. And so I suspected that this pattern of multiple concussions had contributed to a hypersensitivity or, or a hypervigilance pattern in the limbic part of the brain, which is the part of our brain close to the brainstem that is tasked with recognizing threats. 
with, with serving for threats and dangers in the environment and determining if we are safe or unsafe. It's the limbic brain that decides if we are unsafe. It calls for the stress response, right? So I wanted to make sure that we neutralize those memories in order to settle the limbic brain and any contribution it was making to his anxiety. In the fifth session, we worked with feelings of inadequacy, comparing himself to other people, feeling not good enough or embarrassed or ashamed. And here we were working on establishing patterns of self-acceptance and feeling comfortable with who we are. Again, an, you know, another topic that was contributing to feelings of anxiety, the impossibility of being able to measure up. So we reinforced wanting to be comfortable with who he was. So I want you to notice that like Alex, this is a case of complex anxiety. There were multiple issues, multiple topics that we worked on, including expectations shaped by a perfectionistic parent, all reinforced over years. And yet we could work through the layers in a handful of sessions. With Andy, I want you to notice that we can get trapped in seeing things in a certain way, right? We can have a certain perspective on events. And the map method, you know, with the map method, we can neutralize the painful memories and reorganize our relationship to them so that we experience a shift in perspective. In that way, the relationship or the event that had tormented us, we now see differently. We can forgive ourselves for what happened. We can realize that it's not our fault, and then we can let go of the pain. Or as Andy did here, we can replace the self-blame with a feeling of equanimity. We can see things as they are instead of through a lens of guilt and shame. It happens, and that's all. The memory loses its intensity and the meaning that we gave to it. Lastly, I want you to notice that perfectionism is a driver of anxiety because if we have no tolerance for anything less than perfect, then we are setting ourselves up to be perpetually disappointed in our performance. I see this as a pattern with procrastinators because when we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do things perfectly and can accept nothing less, one way to cope with this is by putting off starting things. So in summary, you know, we've talked about three different client experiences and I want you to understand that anxiety can be simple or complex. The more complex, the more layers we have to work with and the more sessions that will likely be needed. I also want you to understand that in MAP sessions, it is the subconscious mind that heals itself by showing us the associations, by showing us what needs to be worked on, you know, what painful experiences have contributed 
to this feeling of anxiety in the present. The subconscious mind also sets the pace of progress. And that is why the pace of progress is very individual. I also want you to note that anxiety, though it is a mood state, is often associated with physical sensations or symptoms. These are commonly seen in the gut or the skin or in muscle tension. It can even impact our sleep patterns. And often fears and negative thought patterns are factors behind anxiety. When we have a lot of negative self-talk, this is the fuel that feeds the anxiety neural pathways, right? And so by working with these in MAP sessions, we can further break down those anxiety patterns. And then as we just described, you know, personality traits like perfectionism and even things like unconscious inner conflict can also be contributors to anxiety patterns. And we work with all of these in MAP sessions. So I hope that you learned a lot from these client stories about our approach as MAP practitioners to anxiety and other negative mood states like depression in live MAP sessions over Zoom. As you can see, the process is very individual. But I also want to mention the MAP for Anxiety and Depression program which I developed based on my experience with working with a number of different negative mood states. It's an online self-paced MAP program for people who are looking for a convenient and affordable method. With the program, you can work through a structured set of recorded MAP sessions, which are available on demand, plus supportive practices and activities designed to address anxiety and depression as well as anger, grief, shame, or any other intense negative emotions. You can learn more about it at our website, mapforhealth.us. I hope that you found this episode useful, and I hope that you'll give the MAP method a try. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Check out our free courses about the MAP method, how it works, how we use it for mind-body healing, and tips for more effective sessions at mapforhealth.us or to schedule an appointment please visit mindremapforhealth.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2022 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.